Well, hello listeners, it's Lar here, and I actually um, am super excited about who I'm going to be interviewing today, and um, we have with us Carolyn Doolittle. Hi, Carolyn. Hi, Laura. Oh, Hi, everyone. I'm, hi, yes, yeah, so glad. She, actually, she and her family are on a vacation in um, Alaska. Why don't you tell us really quickly um, where you are and what you're doing? Tell us about your season in life, and then I'll, I'll introduce you a little bit more in just a minute. Okay, well, our um, this is not normal for us to be so far away, but our oldest is 18, about to go to college. We have three younger ones, and she is our youngest is 13, and we have two in the middle. And she's about to go to college, and we had been driving a lot of the country, seeing family and all that through the minivan, um, in the minivan <laughs> through the years. And we thought, hey, we have almost all the 50 states, so before she goes to college, let's, let's get the last 50. We've also been to a lot of national parks, so we're trying to get the last of those the drivable ones at least we don't take seaplanes anywhere <laughs> try to be reasonable but it's it's been a lot of fun so this is just a sweet time for us to to reconnect after a busy year oh I love it oh it's so that's probably one of those things if I could go back but I do have grandkids so but if I could go back like wow that just sounds amazing well why I'm excited about you um hearing from Carolyn is that she is I mean just absolutely one of my most favorite people to listen to when it comes to just understanding worldview and training and discipling children um, in navigating through what they're receiving in the world every day and who they are in Christ. And it's just, I love listening to you, Carolyn. And she's also amazing at, um, she does a lot in our church on listening prayer. So just opening up her home and her time graciously giving to spend hours sometimes with people, asking, just sitting with them and going back and just helping them meet with Jesus and hear just their own processes and maybe their false identities or just things that happened to them that has created some type of narrative that's not from the Lord. So I absolutely just thank you. First of all, I just want to say publicly thank you for volunteering just your your space and your heart and your love to people. I really thank you very much for that. Oh, thanks, Laura. It's a, really a privilege. Well, and it's, it's transforming lives is what it's doing. And just thank you. You are just one of our secret weapons of the Holy Spirit. So just helping for people to get whole. So what I wanted you to talk about, yeah, talk about today, just take us into, um, you do hear a lot of people, you hear all ages come and sit with you and maybe share with us just some of the worldviews, some of the lies you're hearing, some of the challenges maybe some of our kids are having, our kids not maybe, they are having out there as our world is um, really in a fast-paced humanistic changing time. Just speak to us about that. Yeah, so I, I just want to um, start out by saying uh, we are living in crazy times, and but everyone has thought that always. <laughs> um, there's nothing new under the sun, as the writer of Ecclesiastes says. It's just coming in different packages. So these are lies that have kind of been coming from from the beginning of time. And helping our kids, I loved um, back when I was, I think in college, there was a band called Switchfoot. Maybe they're still cool. I don't know. But they <laughs> I were remember them, yeah. Band from San Diego go and um, they did such a good job of engaging culture because they crossed over into mainstream music and people would ask them well how how did you not lose your faith and get sucked in and he said well my parents they taught us not to be uh, 
threatened by culture, but to be a threat to culture. Ooh, and just kind of having that mindset of, oh, we, we don't have to be on the defensive. We can train our kids to really believe what, that what reality is, what spiritual reality, what ultimate reality is. We can teach them that, train them that, and so that they can have compassion for what they're finding out there, all, all the lies that are just getting recycled into new packages. And they're coming in very weird packages these days. I think we can agree on that. Absolutely. But um, it still doesn't change the fact that, hey, we don't have to be afraid. We can teach our kids what is true, who they are, who God is, and we definitely need to take them through um, worldview and scripture. So I think a lot of the lies that you, the the lies that people believe um, boil down to this, that God's not, God's holding out on me. Mm. He's not who he says he is. And if he exists at all, and then that I'm not enough, there's something wrong with me and I need to solve my problem some way. Mm -hmm. And what we're seeing is people trying to solve that problem of not being enough, feeling alienated from God and other people and trying to solve that problem in various ways. And it usually boils down to trying trying on different identities and Mm -hmm. saying, maybe this is who I am. Maybe this is who I am. And that lie that there's some hidden identity deep in you that you need to mine and unearth and that's you will be okay once you figure that out and i think we all know that's not true and the writer of ecclesiastes says hey i tried it all it's not true there's just that all of these all of this is that lie that was sown from the beginning when the enemy called into question in the garden god's character and his kindness and and then their the identity of adam and eve hey you're not enough you're not, you don't have what you need. And all those were such foundational lies because it, it broke apart their worldview of I'm okay. I have what I need. I have everything. And I'm, and I'm in loving relationship with my creator. So once those lies were called into question, it led to what we have here today. It just keeps getting recycled in different packages. I love what you said. Um, nothing new is under the sun in, out of Ecclesiastes. It's so true. I think um, sometimes it feels like wow, this is all new. We've never been here before, you know, and it does bring fear. You're like, where's this going? But as you're saying, and I love just reminding ourselves that nothing is new is it's dark. It's, it's, it's different because we have this, these massive communication. Anybody can communicate anytime, um, to anybody, you know? Um, and so that does feel vulnerable, but I love how, um, just the peace of, okay, God knows this and he is in control. And there are answers and there's solutions. So take us into that. I love that. So what would you say are, um, so you're, you're saying one of the core challenges of our identities is saying I'm not enough or having to go on a pursuit of finding out who I am because I'm not looking for it in God. Is that correct? That's right. Yes. Because you just don't believe that that's where it can be found. And you're so sure from a pretty early age based on uh, the, the, um, information we receive from other people and it's not necessarily true it's just data that we're getting from people when we're someone treats us a way that's not loving that someone sins against us there's a wound that's created there and through that wound the enemy is very happy to sow lies (laughs) and it's much like bacteria would enter a, a cut on your skin if you don't take care of it uh, the enemy likes to sow lies um, mm-hmm. into our into those heart wounds where we didn't feel like we were enough. Someone treated us poorly, and the enemy is so happy to get in there and just whisper to us. And it sounds like our own voice of "You're not enough. You are never going to be enough." And and then we start. We believe that we take on that lie, 
and it's a false identity of being unworthy and feeling shame and feeling brokenness. And then we try to medicate that problem with all all sorts of ways, or we try to outwork that problem. Well, I'm going to show you I'll be enough. And Mm -hmm. then we take on competition and comparison. So it's no, no matter which way we go with it, if we don't take it to God and say, hey, this hurts, and I don't think it sounds right, where he can say, you're right, that's not right, and I let me give you better, something better. Mm. Um, we are stuck with the lie and stuck with the consequences of it, and we will try to work around it in various ways that are detrimental to us and usually hurt other people too. So good. You know, First Peter 5 says, the enemy is a prowling lion seeking who he will devour. And that is so much of his tactic, especially in our identities. And of course, we've said that through trauma. I think just harsh words that are spoken um, and words that are not even spoken, like in my case, um, a lack of value and identity um, spoken into my life. And so um, he's just always trying to attack our identities. He's also, um, I would say the world today, our worldview is being shaped more mainstream by anti-biblical concepts, you know, just um, like we... Everything but the Bible is to be true or to be discovered, or even your worldview is your own paradigm of what you think is true. So why don't you take us into um, what, I don't know, some practices for a parent to be sure they're instilling a biblical worldview from your own observation and experiences um, with the people that you have been sitting with and listening to and processing with and connecting them to God, to also your own discipleship of your own children. You have been such an amazing um, discipler of them. And so what would that look like? Yeah, that's that's great. And before I get there, I just want to say one thing that you told me when we first met um, <clears throat> was that when your kids would come home from school, you would ask them, is there anything that hurt your heart today? Yes. And I've always, that's always stuck with me. That's so sweet. And your kids, our kids all need to know that we're there for them and that they were a safe place to share what hurts and what yes. felt uncomfortable and all of that. So I want to say that before I forget Um, to be that place where they can unpack things and then help them to identify is there any lie you're tempted to believe because of what that person did or said and it can be very very slight so some people people have different levels of sensitivity I'm a very sensitive person and so it someone can look at me it actually I've gotten a lot better just through the Lord's (laughs) help um but when I was younger you know if someone looked at me the wrong way I'd think oh no what's wrong with me what did I do and in, in some people, it's not wrong. God creates us with that different level of sensitivity. Some people, they don't really think that much. It, someone would have to be pretty direct and tell them they yeah. didn't like them for them to receive that. <laughs> um, but either way, it's just it's just how we're created, and that's okay. But helping kids unpack their wounds and not letting them stew over it, but also not saying, well, get over it. It's time to pick yourself up and get going. But really letting um, the Lord in to those places and saying, okay, it made it, how did it make you feel? Well, it, it made me feel hurt or bad. And usually kids on a, when they're little, like sad, mad, like the, you know, yeah. um, that kind of thing. But then just letting them, yeah. And teaching them, okay, we need to forgive that person yes. in order to be free. And that, that can be such a hard concept, but getting that in there, God is so 
clear that forgiveness is not optional. And it can sound so crazy, especially when the sins against us are really big. But the forgiveness is really for us. It's saying, hey, Jesus, I hand this person over to you and I trust your justice, but I will release them and I will bless them. So choosing to not continue that cycle of wrong for wrong, but saying, okay, I'm going to forgive and I'm going to bless. And now that doesn't mean we let people, the no consequences happen or especially if something illegal, there, there's, there are earthly consequences yes. to actions. So I'm not saying, Hey, let's forget abuse. Just to, we do forgive everything, but there, that doesn't mean that we don't deal with the consequences and, and make sure things are corrected. Um, <clears throat> but we want to make sure our kids are able to get that cycle of, wow, someone hurt me. How did they make me feel? And really processing that with the Lord of, yeah, it made me feel like this. And then teaching them to say, okay, Jesus, that's not, that's not who I am. Who am I? And listening and letting the Lord speak into them and say, no, no, this is who you are. This is what I see you as. And, and that really helps from an early age. They can hear and training them, hey, you can hear. Jesus says you can hear his voice. And it's going to sound kind and it's going to line up with the Bible. And we're going we're gonna to practice hearing. So that's, a, that's just a sweet thing to do. So when the lies come in, dealing with it that way. But then when it comes to worldview, I really suggest bringing in other people. Because as when you and I were growing up, Laura, the... Genesis, we didn't really know what to do with it. We didn't know, we didn't really treat it in its context, what it was meant for. And so I was um, taught to read it like a lab book of this is how God created the world. And it's kind of like, it's not that he didn't create it in seven days, but he... It's not even, it's not trying to say that. What it was, was a, it was a counter narrative to the going creation myths at the time that taught people in that area that, hey, God's made you to be their slaves and you don't matter. You are here to serve them. And this was the the, um, Genesis narrative, the finger in the eye of that saying, no, 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 you, I know you used to be slaves in Egypt and Pharaoh was the image of God, but I tell you, that's not right, that God created you out of love and he created you in his image. And that was absolutely revolutionary at the time. Mm. And if you study Genesis, it's, there's a, um, a great uh, podcast out there called the Bama um, po- podcast. And I, yeah, I haven't listened heard of to all it. of it, but there's stuff on mm. Gen- um, Genesis is really, really fantastic showing you just it's a miracle the way it was written and how it has all these focal points that come back to rest that God created us to rest in him and that in the the people the Hebrew people would have been reading it that way because they knew to look for those focal points and just wow God created me out of love and he created me out of rest. And then the Genesis 3 account explains just how sin entered the world and how things are the way they are. And we're trapped in this condition of cycle of sin and hurting people and then repeating that hurt and not feeling enough and feeling alienated from God. So we want to be able to unpack that with kids. And I would say when they're little and up to age probably 10 or so, the Jesus Storybook Bible is so wonderful for that. We we went through that with our kids, and it brings everything back to Jesus. So mm. I would say start there. And if they're older, go into the Bible Project um, videos. There, there's one on Genesis. Tim Mackey and John Collins are so great about unpacking it in a, such a smart, winsome way. 
So that our, our kids have some handholds from smart people and just showing what Genesis was supposed to be, what it was supposed to teach us, who we are, and and then it will give them compassion for all the crazy things that are going on out there and leave and help them to not be susceptible to those lies. Mm, it's so good. So good. So I love those resources. So, some of the things, just to recap what I heard you say, was um, you can start when they're little. I heard you say that. And uh, I, I loved how you said some of kids, little, little's our responses would be, I'm sad. Um, I made me, you know, scared. I wanted to add in there, um, those emoji charts are always great for little kids. I, I, pulled, mm. I pulled charts out when my kids were little, you know, and just said, which one of these do you feel like? You know, okay, we talked about that. What, how does that make you feel? Sometimes you have to help your kids identify what they're feeling, you know. You mentioned forgiveness is a must, and I absolutely agree. Forgiveness is the gateway to freedom. We cannot skip the forgiveness process, either forgiving yourself, forgiving others, um, it's even like a key element in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sins against us. So forgiveness is a huge element. Um, I love how you said kids can hear God. Um, we can all hear God. We um, were created, I believe, to hear his voice. And I think um, I've heard you say the beauty and excitement that you get to sit there and listen to people hear God sometime for the first time. And that's why it's so important to have, if, if you're new to listening to the voice of God, having somebody with you because you want to make sure what you are hearing is what God would say. Does it line up biblically with the word? Would it be the voice of God, which is always loving and caring and compassionate and kind? So mom and dad, as you're sitting with your kids um, and going through this journey, make sure that what they are hearing is truth from God and not just their own voice or the voice of the world. Super important. And finally, I love your resources. Those were amazing. Thank you for um, giving us some the Jesus Storybook Bible. If you have young ones in your home, you mentioned zero to 10 years. And then the Bible Project videos, which are absolutely phenomenal. And so if you haven't resourced those, you want to get those. They're amazing. Just great. Um, they have illustrations and deep dive in the word and just done such an excellent way. Okay. Love. I was just writing notes as you were talking and just so beautiful. So what would you say um, if a parent's standing here and going, okay, so Carolyn, where do I start? <laughs> what do I do? Like, how do I start from go? I have, um, I have a six-year-old, a six and a four-year-old in my house. You know, what do I do with that six and four-year-old? Or I have a 12-year-old. Where do I start? Where do I start? How do I um, just get this start from ground zero and putting this right worldview into them or even just deciding or helping them navigate what are they believing inside of their little minds? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, <clears throat> so as a, the Jesus Storybook Bible at that age is, is so, okay. I think it's really the best resource. I, I'm sure there are other great okay. ones too. That's, that's the one we used and I was, I loved it so much going through. So just reading through that multiple times with the kids, they know the stories by heart and they know that never stopping, never giving up kind of love that it talks about from the beginning, that that's who God is. That's what God's like. And that we need to keep coming back to that. Right. And so starting with that and starting with, 
your feelings matter. And the kids, we, we want them to know that and we don't want them to override that process of how did this thing make me feel? We want to know them mm-hmm. to know we care, but that feelings are unreliable narrators of reality. That's that good. feelings and desires from the beginning, these are desires and feelings will steer us astray. So we can pay attention to them, but we don't need to let them drive the bus. And that's something and we that are we live in a society that says feelings and desires are the only thing that matter and they define reality Mm, and for us to kindly but um firmly counter counteract that narrative from the beginning as we're training our kids that like hey your feelings matter and god cares very much and you can tell them everything you feel i mean the psalms are full of just really david and others like just pouring it out there the the from the highest heights of, wow god you're amazing i'm so happy to why did you leave me in despair this hurts i can't believe it just god wants us to be totally honest with him but then let him redirect it once we've kind of emptied ourselves out mm-hmm. of everything there just saying okay I trust that you are the reliable narrator of reality, and I am not. My feelings do not define reality. My desires do not define reality. And not only that, not all my desires are good. Some of them are good, but most of them are not. (laughs) And just learning to, okay, Jesus, this desire is not of you. Help me lay that down. Why is that there? And give me a better one. Mm. And just giving that process to them early so they're not as susceptible to those. That's where all the gender identity stuff comes from. We've we've taught, not we, as a culture, we've taught kids, hey, how you feel is your reality. Yes. You don't feel like you're a girl. Okay, here's some here's a way to change that because your feelings are real and your desires are true and they must indicate what reality is. Mm-mm. Right. And the same thing with who we're drawn to who we're attracted to, all those things. Those are not all good desires. They're not all healthy desires. And to notice a desire, not ignore it, but to ask the Lord, like, okay, what is this? What am I trying to get? What am I missing from you that's making me try to compensate with this other thing, Mm -hmm. with this lesser thing? And starting that process early in language they can understand, but letting them know from the beginning that all mommy, daddy, everybody, we all have desires that are not good. They're not from God. And he loves us anyway, but he wants us to lay those down so he can give us something better. Mm -hmm. And teaching that very early, it just, it makes everything reality just much more stable for them and gives them more compassion to why other people may be going after things that are that are really strange and um and, and so we don't need to be afraid of, of what people are but we need to be um really clear that these not all desires are good not all feelings are that feelings are feelings but right. we don't let them drive our bus we yes. don't let them define our reality mm-hmm. so good god gave us our feelings and um I wrote down once, negative feelings are God's invitation to freedom. Because when we have those negative ones, it's like, oh, he wants to talk to me about something, you know. Well, if I was listening, I am listening, but if I was a mommy listening right now, I would, as fast as I could, get the Jesus Storybook Bible. (laughs) I think I would start with like, I have not seen that. I'm going to actually Google it myself. Might be a little gift to my kids, um, my grands. But just getting that, our thing is, my encouragement would be be proactive be um, be in the middle of it. Be intentional, and we can't just coast. You know, there's 
there's no more coasting. You know, it's either you're for or against. You can't be in the middle. And so we are kingdom people that want to create kingdom homes and give our kids the godly foundations so that as they're out and about, they can go and bring Jesus into all the places they are and not pick up the stuff in the world. So, Carol, anything else you want to say? And I'd love you to pray for us as we close out. Yeah, and I guess the one thing I'd want to add is that as they get older and they start getting people who try to poke holes mm. in the worldview and call into questions, there's just so many great resources out there that will help um, mm. just apologetics resources, yeah. um, just helping kids understand, okay, why is the Bible reliable? Why do we trust the reliable, um, this book as as the word of God and when there are other competing versions of it? and. Mm. <clears throat> I would just, I would really encourage people to look up those resources. There's a, um, there's always the, the case for Christ by um, Lee Strobel, and I forget what it, uh, what his name was, but uh, I mean, I know it's a J. Warner Wallace. He was a detective who, um, a homicide detective, a cold case detective, who looked through the Bible um, just to, to poke holes in it because his wife became a Christian. He said, well, wow. this surely can't be reliable. And he found just through his study that, oh, my goodness, it is reliable. Mm. And <clears throat> there are other resources like that. So as the kids get older, oh, James Tour is a, um, a nanotechnologist and an organic synthetic chemist, and he explains how origin of life, how it had to happen through a creator. It's just impossible mathematically that it would have derived out of the primordial goo, the way that our science mm. books teach us. And so just bringing in experts and resources like that who can talk about the Bible in a winsome way, because there's so much clear evidence that it is true, it is um, reliable, and it is inerrant, that we can really trust that. And live. But if we just say, because the Bible says so, or because I said so, the kids will eventually, they'll get to that point in a healthy way, they start questioning things. Mm. And we need to have good, healthy, other answers besides our own, like, just trust me, I'm in charge kind yeah, of things because it is we don't need to be afraid we don't need to to cling to it in a way of like it's true but don't question it like there's there are so many good thing resources to help those answers that we don't necessarily always have um come to our children so that they can really trust no this is the reliable um source and Absolutely. we can trust it that's so good and i'd encourage i'd encourage you to read it with your child you know just read it with your teenager i'm sure you guys did because I think through, um, that was one of my favorite parts when a season that we homeschooled, was I learned so much as I read with my kids, you know, and um, love it. Absolutely. So, so great. Because then you discover and talk together about that. And even as you, we read those things, we get more confident in, um, as people run into people and run into culture. And it's always good to recenter ourselves. So that's so awesome. Thanks for those resources. I wrote them down. Perfect. Thank oh, you. good. And I'm sorry, I don't know Jay Warner Wallace, but that, that's the name of the detective who wrote it, I think. Intriguing. Uh, I love it. I love it. Okay. Why don't you pray for us? I would love that. Yeah. So Jesus, I pray for anyone listening, mm -hmm. all the moms and parents out there just want to bring their kids up and serve you together as a family. Would you just show them that you have grace for them? You have grace for this whole journey and process and that you chose them to be alive now and you have everything they need just for themselves as parents to find their identity in you and to teach their kids that too so that they can 
be a light to the world that is growing in darkness and so confused and so lost, sheep without a shepherd. But Jesus, would you show them how to walk in your truth and in your grace and in your love and how to throw off the false identities that the enemy tries to put on us and and to receive the true identity as sons and daughters that you've given anyone who has come to you through Jesus. So I do pray for that. I pray for all of the kids of all the moms listening. Would you turn their hearts to you would they trust in you would they see your goodness and would they see reality the way that you created it the true and only reality of you made us out of love you made us out of kindness and you have won us back from the clutches of the enemy and we're so grateful that you did that so i do i just pray grace over everyone's household i pray peace and i pray joy as they discover together more about you more about who you are and who you created them to do to be so thank you for this time thank you for laura in our heart to to shepherd and to teach moms and to to teach so many people i'm so grateful personally for that lord so would she feel blessed would she feel honored today and thank you for this chance to share in jesus name amen amen well thank you oh it's amazing have a wonderful vacation up in alaska thank you enjoy that cool weather (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Enjoy that cool weather. It is oh, not yes, it cool is down here. I know. I'm so jealous. Thanks. All right. Thanks for jumping in. All right. Thanks, Laura. Bye. Bye.